Welcome to another episode of Heroes And. This is a podcast where we talk about heroes and movies, comic books, trailers, TV shows. Basically, if it's part of geek culture, chances are we're going to be talking about it. My name is Cody. And I'm Andy. And today we are talking about Heroes And Spotlight Magneto. We are talking about Magneto, X-Men's first and most, you know, iconic villain and so but before we get into Magneto before we dive into his origin and all of that uh, we want to do one of our segments with you guys Uh, the segment is called stuff you might have missed so we just kind of do a quick recap on geek culture and bring you up to speed on some things exactly exactly so the first thing I want to talk about is uh, this wrestling green arrow Stephen Amell crossover that's been happening so this past Sunday was SummerSlam and we saw the, you know we saw Stephen Amell in a wrestling match and a tag team wrestling match and it was it was great and it was, what's been awesome about it is uh, they've been doing little spots here and there, you know, Stephen Amell. Twitter battles. Yeah, Twitter, like that. exactly. Stuff on social media. Uh, Stephen Amell w- was uh, at Monday Night Raw for, for a couple weeks. And, and so it's just been great to see two worlds that I love, you know, comic books and wrestling come together. And I think, in my opinion, it was one of the better crossovers uh, between wrestling and, and pop culture. And I, I, man, they did, they did a really good job with it. And so it was just a blast to see all that lead up to this past Sunday with SummerSlam and the big tag team match. And it was just good as a wrestling fan and a comic book fan, a green arrow fan. I loved it. So. Yeah, man. I think that like, I'm not particularly interested in wrestling, never have been, yeah. but knowing that Stephen Amell was going to be on, I, you know, made sure to pay attention to that match just yeah. cause, just cause I love Stephen Amell and I'm sure that there's now wrestling fans. That are going to be interested in Arrow just because Stephen Amell was on wrestling. So yeah. it was good. I think both both sides, the TV show and DC as a as a company and wrestling, benefit from what you know the wrestling match on Sunday. So how about you, man? What's something you that you want to bring us up to speed, Cody? So recently uh, there was D twenty three, Disney's you know entertainment expo. Yeah, kind of showing showing their hand, showing us what they're working on. They announced at D twenty three that Colin Trevorrow who you may know as the Jurassic World director. Yeah. You know how I feel about Jurassic you World. Liked, you liked the movie, I, didn't you? I liked it. Yeah. yeah it was good. Okay. I mean, it was, it was you know, kind of like best, you know, favorite movie ever status. <laughs> but, you know, no big deal. No okay, big deal. No this big isn't deal. a podcast about Jurassic World. No. Uh, we can make it. You know, we can <laughs> no, do another no. one. Uh, but anyway, so Colin Trevorrow uh, was confirmed to direct Star Wars Episode Nine. So he's entering into a, a really big universe at yes. this point. Yeah. And that is set to release in 2019. Yep. Uh, I just want to read a quote to you of what Colin Trevorrow said uh, about this, you know, this uh, privilege that he's been given. He said, this is not a job or an assignment. It is a seat at a campfire surrounded by an extraordinary group of storytellers, filmmakers, artists and craftspeople. We've been charged with telling new stories for a younger generation because they deserve what we all had a mythology to call their own. We will do this by channeling something George Lucas instilled in all of us, boundless creativity, pure invention, and hope. Yeah, I think this is the right guy for the job. I, I, I agree. <laughs> he sounds like he knows what he's talking about, and he doesn't even talk about stars or wars in that quote. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Which is, I mean, you can just, by that quote, there's so much passion and the sense of honor that he has to 
to be leading that charge for that that you know that next movie or two movies from now and so i'm i'm just really excited that yeah i think they got a good guy there um another big thing that came out of that d23 was that they announced toy story 4 i love the toy story franchise uh you know same same here yeah yeah we we love toy story so i'm excited about toy story 4 i'm interested to see where they go with the story what you know the new story arc is going to be and so we'll see what happens but Nonetheless, I'm excited that the gang's back together. Cody, I know you're excited about this other movie. They also they, they announced a few Pixar movies there. Yeah. The one in particular that I'm excited about that I've kind of been waiting for for a long time is The Incredibles 2. Yeah. And it seems like that one it came out quite a while. The first one came out a while ago at this point. And it seems like as far as Pixar sequels go, it's kind of been given the cold shoulder a little bit, which, I think. Which is weird. I think that one was beloved by, by fans a lot of people and, and critics. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, we got Cars too, but Cars two was it was it was just okay, you know. And so, but I'm I'm really excited for Incredibles two. The other thing that I think is really cool that they they did at D twenty three was, and they announced or they sorry they didn't announce, but they played uh, some Captain America Civil War footage. Yeah, they showed a clip from that because they've been you know they've been filming that. Chris Evans, I almost called him Steve Rogers, but Chris <laughs> Evans flew in yeah. from uh, Germany uh, to be at the at D twenty three and you know show show the clip and just you know talk and so that's really cool. I'm really excited about that movie. I really think it's going to be good. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just cool to see those characters all coming together. I'm excited to have Iron Man whoop some steve rogers but okay so before we let's that's another episode another thing <laughs> that came out of d23 that uh we'll end on this but uh obviously we're from florida central florida orlando area so it's big news when we get uh park news and so they announced that there's gonna be a star wars land here at hollywood studios uh there's gonna be a toy story land as well uh, here again in Hollywood Studios, and then and then the last one, which I'm not super. I, I don't particularly care. Yeah, about, I'm not re- super excited about. There's going to be a Pandora Land. If you're if you remember a little while back, it was like five years at this point because yeah. that movie came out was on when I was in high school. Yeah, and yeah. I graduated in 2011. Yes, kind of date myself a little bit. <laughs> but Avatar, yes. James Cameron's movie. It, it it's the biggest movie, most grossing movie yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily think that it should be, but you know, I'm not, this isn't, you know, this isn't about that. So, but yeah, so Pandora land, a world themed around or a part of the park themed around James Cameron's avatars, yeah. Pandora. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to be coming to the Disney theme parks. Yeah. I think it's going to be at animal kingdom if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, that's just some of the news that came out of D23. Um, so let's, uh, that's the stuff you might've missed. And let's just jump into the actual segment of this, the the main portion of this episode, and that's Magneto. But before we get into the, you know, we dive deep into the magnetism pool with Magneto, (laughs) what we did with the last time we did the spotlight was I, you know, I had Sound Guy Steven, my buddy Sound Guy Steven, you know, text me his thoughts on the character yeah. uh, on of Captain America. And so I thought it only made sense to do this again with Magneto. Yeah. Traditions. Uh, you know, traditions. Values, exactly. You so, know. <laughs> uh, so sound guy Steven's thoughts on Magneto. Here we go. He says that he really doesn't have anything against Magneto. Uh, he actually thinks he's pretty awesome, uh, except for the helmet. Specifically, he asked, why is he wearing a garbage can on his head? 
Um, that's a little offensive, bro. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> he also said, "I said you're gonna get Andy fired up," and he said, "That's his new goal." So, well, you, Steve, you, sound guy Stephen, we appreciate your help. Yeah, you've achieved it, bro. <laughs> Achievement unlocked. You got it. Uh, so that's a little ridiculous. Obviously, he's wearing a helmet, not a trash can. Um, I guess maybe if it's a sense of material. Yeah, it's on the same. It's made of the same it's, material, it's but also it's also made out of metal. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. okay, probably. <laughs> yes. So, um, no, but I can see where he's coming from. He looks a little silly with that helmet, and I think even in the movies, I think they make fun of the helmet. I think it's in X Men Two. Uh, someone says, "Why you wear that dumb helmet or whatever?" And so, uh, you, there's a reason for it, and it actually serves a purpose. Uh, but let's just dive into the actual origin of. Of Magneto. And so, obviously, with Origins, there are different tellings of it. Uh, you know, new writers, new comic book writers come and, you know, they, they add... Change the story up. Just a little like bit. They add stuff to it. Maybe they change a detail here and there. And so, for the most part, this is the common, uh, you know, the general origin of Magneto. Okay? So, um, he was born Max... Eisenhart. Eisenhart. And he was a, he was a Jewish descent. He was born in Germany. And uh, but it was actually during the time where Germany was occupied by the Nazis. Nazis, Yeah. And so unfortunately, we he sees Max, he sees that uh, his family is murdered and he witnesses all of that. And we kind of see that in X-Men First Class. There's a small scene in the first X-Men movie, but they expand on that a little bit more in X-Men First Class. And so. He unfortunately again he's he's that's where he was raised. He was raised uh, in Germany when it was occupied by Nazis, and again he witnessed his family uh, be murdered. Be murdered. Right. So then he's he's sent off to Auschwitz, uh, an intern, a Nazi internment camp, and he's forced to work there and serve at the camp. And it's at the camp that he meets a young girl by the name of Magda. Uh, they they eventually survive survive the Holocaust together, and they make it out of the Nazi camps. They get married, and then they have a daughter named Anya. Uh, and then it's then with his family, with his, you know, the small family that uh, that Max now has, that he first consciously uses his powers. Uh, at one point, his family's trapped in a burning building, but he's unable to save Anya. And that kind of leaves Magda, you know, of course, upset at the death of her daughter, and she leaves him. Yeah. And she, le- she abandons Max. Uh, and she discovers later that she's pregnant with twins, twins that would eventually become Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Yeah, and obviously that those are important characters in, in X-Men comics and even Avengers comics, and so uh, that's part of their origin. Uh, but after that, after uh, Magna leaves him, uh, he just wants to start over, essentially. So he goes and he finds a, a forger, and he creates a new identity, and this is where he gets the identity that we all know him by as as Eric Lyncher. And he keeps a middle name as Magnus, kind of as like a tribute to, to Magda and so his, his, his wife. And so uh, his name is changed to Eric. And that's, again, we, we all know him as, as from Eric. From the movies, because yeah. that's the name that they rolled with from the beginning with the movies. Yeah. And then, then shortly after that, he befriends Charles Xavier. And after getting to know each other and after talking to each other and having different, you know, debates and just different conversations, they kind of realize that, wait, 
I, there's something different about the, each other, about the two of them. And that's when they reveal that they both have these abilities. And since they're on the topic of, you know, their powers and their topic of what this means for the human race, it's also revealed that they have different opinions on it. They have different opinions on what that relationship between mutants and humans uh, should look like. And so they did that from there on from that point on. Um, you can kind of just tell that there's just, you know, there's potential rift between between Eric and Charles Xavier. Right. And all of all of met uh, or at this point, Eric Magneto's issues with uh, the mutant kind of human relations that all stems from his fear of there being another Holocaust. Yeah. This time, rather from it being Nazis and Jews. It being humans and mutant kind, yeah, uh, and mutants being hunted down, which we kind of see play out eventually in the comics. Uh, but so, because of his their dis- their differences of opinion, Eric and Charles Xavier they have a falling out, like Andy said. Uh, and so then Eric founds the Brotherhood of Mutants. That is, you know, the group of mutants that kind of are more. Uh, attacking humanity yeah. in in a lot of ways and they're later dubbed as the brotherhood of evil mutants by the media yeah uh, but the this group of mutants the brotherhood of evil mutants is always opposed and kind of you know stopped by charles xavier and his group known as the x-men so that's his origin story obviously there's more character development to magneto uh, but we see more of that in, in the comic books and different story arcs that they add more history to to him as a character. But that's all after he becomes Magneto. But let's jump into his powers, his abilities. Obviously, if he's called Magneto, there's some connection to... Context clues. You yeah. Know, you might have been fig- might have figured out a, maybe a little bit. Exactly. You don't know what his powers are. <laughs> but his, his main power is to control all forms of magnetism. And so he can move metal objects and he can also uh, manipulate magnetic fields. So obviously he can control m- objects that are made of metal, but he can also, you know, he per- he can protect himself uh, with these magnetic fields from attacks, whatever they may be. Um, so it's really like he has a really strong offensive <laughs> move and he has a really good defensive yeah. move. You know, he's pretty he's good. He's pretty well-rounded in that way. <laughs> Yeah, man. It's awesome. So essentially his powers are limitless. You know, it's uh, it's however much will and might he puts behind it that uh, depends on how strong his attack or his defense is. Right. But there is one way that his his mutant power is is kind of, you know, uh, weakened. Uh, and that would the only way that is, is his mutant power is dependent on his physical condition. So if he's injured, he his body can't withstand withstand the strain of you know putting of manipulating and powering these magnetic forces and magnetic yeah. attacks with sound guy steven to answer you steven the helmet the reason magneto wears the helmet that maybe you know is made out of the same materials as garbage can it's not a garbage can <laughs> it's not it's not a garbage it's not that big you know <laughs> this isn't sesame street mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh but with the helmet it protects against telepathic control slash attacks. Now, you remember when we went over the origin, we talked about Charles Xavier. If you don't know who Charles Xavier is, he is a fellow mutant who has telepathic control and telepathic powers. And so Magneto, knowing that, with Charles being one of his enemies, he's going to want to be able to stop him from manipulating him or stopping any attacks. You know, Because if Charles could get in his head, 
he could stop him at any point. And so yeah. Magneto, you know, he gets this helmet made to protect against telepathic control slash attacks. It's not a garbage can. So it, it's a helmet. All right? It's a helmet. It's Sound a helmet. Steve. All right, so. And it looks cool <laughs> even if it's pink and purple. All right. Yeah. Okay. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> all right, Andy, calm down. Calm down. If you want to fight Steven, we can do that. We can figure that out. You know, put it on the calendar okay, for another yeah. day. Okay. Okay. For now, let's keep talking about Magneto. Now, with Magneto, he's a villain. Yeah. But in the comic book world and even in the X-Men movies, he stands out. Mm-hmm. And despite using his powers for evil and despite, you know, trying to attack humanity and all that, you know, he is still loved by many fans and viewers alike. And I think part of it is because there's a strong justification for him being, quote unquote, a villain. And that's honest, like, you know, what we said earlier is the his fear of another holocaust you know where mutants are are locked up they're put away and they're persecuted and again we that's a huge part of of who he is is you know his dna his um his origin all of that a lot of his convictions lie in in the origin in his origin of you know just while he's you know while he's a teenager learning that he has these powers but then also while he's learning that he has these powers, his family is being persecuted and locked up and killed yeah. right in front of him. Yeah. And he's being separated from them as a teenager. Yeah. Is is absolutely brutal, man. And, I mean, you know, you can totally understand, like, I think a lot of times, like, in, in our lives, we have done things, not necessarily things that were right or that were good, but there is a reason why we we did it, you know, and there's a, a strong justification for, for why we did it. And obviously you had to take that with a grain of salt because, you know, just because something bad happens to you doesn't necessarily give you the right to do something bad in return or to act in a certain way. But it's really it's understandable why that's the starting point to, in this case, Magneto viewing the world the way he does. And why he has not so much a fear of humans, but why he fears the future of those two relations, like that relationship between those two parties, how that, you know, he only sees one outcome and that's one being superior to the other. And in his mind, and probably rightly so, he believes it's the mutants, you know? Right. I, I mean, as a, just a human compared to mutants like yeah they are superior to yeah quite literally i mean yeah i can't fly i i humans can't, can't fly <laughs> i can't either but yeah man for for magneto it seems like it's all just like kind of a preemptive strike he knows that their day will come when it's humans or mutants and he's going to choose mutants because that's you know that's who he is he's seen that humans they you know they hurt and they kill and they steal and destroy and so they tried, you know, they locked him up and they put him away when he was, you know, in the with the Nazis. And yeah. so in his mind, he's doing the right thing mm-hmm. from the get go. And I think we can all kind of see kind of how he's right in that. And yeah. you can see that, yeah, while while we might disagree with with what you're doing, we understand why you're doing it. And it kind of really makes makes sense. And it, there's some points that I would say that it even sees seems like. Charles Xavier and the and the good mutants, the X Men, are kind of like maybe a little bit like silly. Like yeah, they're maybe. Like, why are you defending these people? Yeah, and maybe they're a little naive. It, just on one side, we have Professor X and the X Men who are very hopeful. 
there is a very there's a sense of hey these this relationship can work relationship between humans and mutants it can work it can be a positive thing and maybe generally i'm an optimist I, you know i'm positive i see the glass half half full and mm-hmm. a lot of times in my life but maybe this is a maybe this is a an area uh, in this instance it would be a good time of my life to maybe not be an optimist and maybe be more of a realist like maybe a magneto you know and so a magneto magneto's and again he doesn't want to see any group of people uh be killed and persecuted by another superior quote unquote group of people and then if there is he'd rather be on the superior end of that if that's the equation and we kind of see that in the movies i know we'll talk a little bit more in the future about the movies but man in that first x-men that that's the general storyline that's the main tension of the movie it's not so much a movie that's centered around a character like wolverine or or cyclops or gene but it's a matter of really that relationship between magneto and and charles xavier I, i mean yeah, I think, yeah, that's where you that's where you stay. That's where you start with that franchise, you know. Yeah, and we even see ultimately in like we see it in the Days of Future Past movie, but with the with the Sentinels that are you know that's a that's a big storyline yeah. in X Men comics. Yeah, Sentinels are robots that are designed by humans. Yeah, that aren't mutants. Mm-hmm. Uh, humans to hunt down and either you know kill or capture. Mm-hmm. You mutants, and eventually that ends. You know, it ends in a very harsh dystopian, you know, kind of future where it's not even just mutants that are hunted down, but it's people that are related to mutants, or people that are carrying the gene, yeah, or people that know somebody whose brother's sister's cousin yeah. was a mutant, <laughs> and so it gets like there's really even in the comics we see that ultimately the future plays out where Magneto is right, yeah, and uh, again that's. Gosh, there's so there's a strong conviction there that I think is is very relatable. You know, as any viewer uh, or any reader of a comic, you can understand where Magneto's coming from, and it's not the it's not the necessarily the right way to go about things. But okay, there's a connection there, and that's why he's such a great villain, man. And kind of talking just in general a little bit about villains, but. That's why in the comics, Magneto can be a villain to different superhero teams because he's that right. good. He's that good of a villain. He's strong enough. He's there's that the, at the root of the character. There's there's a conviction there, and so even in the comics, we see that yeah, he not only he jumps around sometimes, and he's not just the villain to the X Men, but he's a villain to the Fantastic Four, to the Avengers, and Shield. Yeah, exactly. So you can jump around because he's that good of a villain, and so really. Man, as a as when movies, you know, and, and when talking about superhero movies, Fox it really lucked out because in getting the X Men movies, they also get Magneto, right? And they can do so much with that villain, you know. Rather, it's just it's such a strong historic villain, and really, Fox got lucky by by making by by obtaining the rights to X Men. They also have the rights to Magneto, which is which is absolutely great. All right, so that I I think with Magneto, you know, it, it's kind of hard to talk about a villain because with villains, you know, like they're the bad guys. So yeah. with like when we did the Steve Rogers episode, we were able to talk about him just because he's you know he's a good character. But I mean, he's a good person, and so there's reasons we cheer for him. Like we just kind of said, there are definite reasons to root for 
Magneto, and there's reasons why he's loved by so many people. Yeah. Moving forward, uh, let's let's go through some reading me- recommendations for Magneto. If you're wanting to jump into a good Magneto storyline, you know, then these are these are some places you can go. First one we have for you is the X Men Masterworks Volume One, and so that's going to cover not just Magneto but also the X Men. Of course, many times it will see Magneto is in an X Men comic because typically he's the villain there. So there's not there's not as many kind of solo issues for Magneto yeah. for that reason. The other one we have there is uh, Age of Apocalypse by Scott Lobdell. If you're familiar with the X-Men movies, that's going to be the next, that's going to be adapted for the next X-Men movie. Uh, that In that particular comic book, Charles Xavier isn't in the picture, uh, and Magneto leads the X-Men against a villain by the name of Apocalypse, He's basically the strongest mutant, and the, as far as we know, the very first mutant, uh, with him having Egyptian, ancient Egyptian uh, origins there. Yeah, and so I think that's going to be a really good one for you to pick up and read, especially since it's the next movie that's going to come out with of the X Men franchise. Another one, some 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 newer ones that have come out recently. Uh, you have Uncanny X Men Volume One titled revolution that's by brian michael bennis and that's a good one uh, that one actually is a very new run as far as comics and that one sees magneto and everything that he believes in and with cyclops cyclops is is almost at this point in comic book history he is on really on the side of more on magneto's side than really charles xavier's side you know, as far as his view on the relation relationship between humans and mutants, and so that one's really fun and interesting. Um, I know Cody said like there there aren't a, a whole lot of Magneto comic books, but there there is one that comes to mind that I think will be worth reading, and that's X Men uh, Magneto Testament, and that's written by Greg Pak, and that one actually focused more it focused more on on Magneto when he was a child, when he was in Germany, when it was occupied by by Nazis. And so that one is a five-part issue uh, storyline. It's a small storyline, just five issues. And that one, again, it just shows, it spends more time at, with Magneto when he was just a child and a teenager in Germany. Kind of figuring out who he is. Yeah. And then the, the last one, Cody? Now this one, it's it's called X-Men Fatal Attractions. It's also written by Scott Lobdell. So the same guy that wrote Age of Apocalypse. Uh, but with this one in particular, we see kind of one of Magneto's most, like his crowning achievement, one of his crowning achievements for yeah. sure. Uh, and that is that he literally tears the, you know, everybody loves Wolverine. Big fan of that guy. Big, Andy's a big fan of that yeah. old man, Logan. Oh. <laughs> uh, he literally tears the adamantium from Wolverine's skeleton. <laughs> yes. Takes it right out of his body. Exactly. And now it was it was unbelievable. And it's one of the few times uh, in the comics where Wolverine has died. I mean, we all know that he has a healing power and whatnot, but there have been storylines in comic book runs where they have killed off Wolverine. They've, they killed off Logan. And so this is one of those instances by Magneto just ripping the adamantium right out of his body. It was it's, it was pretty That's brutal. Yeah, man. it's pretty sick. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so those are some of the reading recommendations for you guys if you want to read up on Magneto. And again, obviously, there's obviously strong connections with X-Men characters and other uh, characters in that universe. So, um, so hopefully you guys enjoy that. 
Let's move on. We're still going to talking about Magneto. Let's move on and talk about the the movie adaptations of Magneto. Obviously, pop culture, you know, superhero movies are are huge, and so it's very important that they do superhero movies right. Obviously, the, the, they the, they 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 didn't do Fantastic Four so right, you know. But that's Listen Wait, to that. Listen to uh, that. Just say for the record. What did you just say? That they didn't do Fantastic Four right? It was fair. It was um, fantastic. It was a you, hashtag. You just fantastic. said. You just said on the record. You just, it's recording. <laughs> you just said that and, it uh, wasn't great. <laughs> it it wasn't great. Anyways, uh, so let's talk about Magneto and how what we see of him in the movies. Uh, so you want to talk about the first one, man? Yeah. So the first time we see him is in X Men. The very you know the very first X Men movie. We see him. He's already established with his, you know, kind of. He's got a small band of his Brotherhood of Mutants. Yep. We see at the beginning of the movie. We see that, you know, there's that scene where he is, you know, in the Nazi camp. Yeah. And he's being, you know, he's pulls the gate, and it's really, you know, kind of dark and grim, and that kind of sets the tone, or you know, sets the stage for the rest of that movie. Yeah. Which, you know, kind of just deals with the mutant human relations, you know, and all that, and and the disagreements you can see the disagreements there between charles and xavier uh, and you see that they kind of they already know each other we pick up in that where they've already had their falling out yeah and they already know that they disagree and they know that they're kind of at this maybe at the beginning of that movie they're frenemies yeah <laughs> uh but definitely by the end of it they they're you know it's very clear that they're enemies and so we see him in x-men one then we see him in x-men two x2 x-men united yeah and then again in x-men 3 the last stand and then also most recently in days of future past uh or x-men days of future past as magneto in the future yeah and again that's still he's the older magneto um and that's you know talking about days of future past when we see magneto it's it's when it's when Our our heroes, our mutants, are being hunted down by the Sentinels, and so it's not a matter of good mutants versus bad mutants at that point, but it's them trying to prevent this Sentinel program from from happening. But there's towards towards the end of the movie, there is again sp- just spoiler alert if you haven't seen X Men: Days of Future's Past, but there's a moment there where it where Magneto dies. There's a small, and it doesn't last too long because it's right before they undo everything and they, they, they reset say, the timeline yeah they make everything right again in the world but there's a small part there's a small window there as uh, just a small scene where he does die and i don't know why that hit me as, as hard as it did maybe maybe it's a testament to the fact that he's being played by sir ian mcclellan yeah and you know it's the you know kind of age of his character and just as much as we've seen him yeah you know from all of these you know this is the four at this point the fourth x-men movie we've seen him so he's very well established yeah as magneto mm-hmm. so maybe that's it so we we know that you know we've seen this character we've seen the same actor play this character which by the way i think that i think that they, they did a great job in casting magneto in those first in those first three or in the fourth movie here um but yeah when he died in that x-men days of future past scene at the end i i was really like Wait, that's 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 Magneto, and I think part. Of, I don't know if you experienced that, Cody. If you even <laughs> cared that these guys were dying, or I don't know. But for me, I was thinking, that's Magneto. That's one of the strongest mutants 
in the world. In the world. And, and, well, you know, in Ever. this. And yeah. The, yeah, you know, in the comic book world. And so to just kill him off like that, it was, it was, yeah, it was impactful, man. I'm not going to Yeah, and it, it really kind of, like having him be one of the, one of the deaths that's, you know, kind of caused by the, I mean, a lot of characters are dead in that, you know, that dystopian future. It's nuts. But having him be one of the ones to die, I think is a testament to kind of the bleakness of the and you know what the sentinel program does throughout you know in the comics and just in the in the world of mutant kind yeah but i'll be honest man with magneto by x-men 3 i was i was kind of bored of him i just wasn't like i i don't think it was necessarily that i didn't like the portrayal that was happening i was just i was no longer interested in his powers so much or really what he was doing until uh until x-men first class rolls around there's this new young guy named michael fassbender who's now playing young eric lencher yep uh and he's kind of you know we see in x-men first class the origin story of they spend a lot more time on his origin story and i would i would kind of argue that that movie is much more about magneto than it is about the x-men i would yes i would agree i think i honestly think that that the first class x-men first class that movie is built on the relationship between Xavier and Magneto. I think, and that's really that's what you want. Uh, recently, I was actually just talking with some some buddies of mine. With I was talking to Oscar. You guys know Oscar. I was talking to Mel. You guys know Mel, and actually Crystal. Yeah, I was talking. I was talking. You guys know everyone right now. You though. must be friends with these people. Yeah, like, anyway. you don't just fly them <laughs> in for an episode. No, not yet, not yet, <laughs> not yet. Um, but I was talking to them, and X Men First Class came up, and. That's something that I enjoyed a lot from that movie was that relationship between Xavier and 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 Magneto, and I think they did great. But the Michael uh, Fassbender is a great actor. He's an he's a he kills it in that role, man. I'm he really not does. Gonna, I'm not gonna lie, he's awesome. In that, like I I love in First Class how you see, and maybe it's just because they spent more origin more time on the origin story, but you in that movie you're definitely rooting for him. Yeah. And even, you know, at that big final uh, final fight when Xavier's telling him to stop and he says no, like he's this is what needs to happen. Yeah. There's part of there's always going to be part of me that says no, Exa- like Xavier, you're being naive. It's, you, it's, take your take your piece, you know, piece and kind of put it to the side. Magneto's right on this one. Yeah. And yeah, the the falling out of or the the, you know, end of that, you know, the co- the what is a the effects of Magneto's opinions and everything—they're—they're they're definitely harsh. Yeah. And uh, Charles ultimately, I think, pays the pays the biggest price. But it's definitely there's definitely part of me that it will always agree with him. I think in first class, though, just seeing like the way he's using his powers <laughs> was like was definitely cooler, you know, than than we'd seen in uh, in the previous X Men movies in yeah. a lot of ways. It was just like he was just moving so slick and like with the even like when he's manipulating the like he he's manipulating the missiles and he's like about to you know throw all the missiles back yeah and everything it just was so sick I love in that movie I really enjoy the scene where he's in Cuba he's in a Spanish country and I don't know exactly which one uh, but he's there and he's 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 wearing like a really slick outfit. I remember I'm, I'm thinking, man, he's mm-hmm. he's rocking that outfit, 
And then he's there and he's talking to some of the the bar scene. Yeah. 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 And he's talking to some of the other guys that are there. And then he is just like, he, he got the knife and he's just like zinging it left and right. And he's using the coin too. Yeah. yeah, That he had gotten from, from Kevin Bacon's character. Yeah. And he's going, he's going back and he's telling these guys. And then he's talking, someone says like, who are you? And he says, I'm Frankenstein's a monster. And that's, and then that, and that's when he kills him. And I just thought, Holy cow, this guy is the real deal. Right. And it was awesome. So I love, I love Michael Fassbender and, and how he portrays that character and what he brings to that character. Um, he's just, he's a really good actor for it. There's a lot of passion there. And I'm, look, I'm looking forward to the next X Men movie being uh, X Men Age of Apocalypse. Now, we just recommended that as a comic, comic book, book storyline. Yeah, as a reading recommendation. And so, um, so there's, there's some concerns or some uh, some predictions. You know, how, how close are they are they going to stick to the 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 script to that comic book storyline? Um, I know you're not really. You're, you're. Are you concerned, Cody? Are you excited for it? What are your What are your thoughts on it? I have a lot of confidence in the X Men movies, uh, particularly like with Brian Singer. Yeah, because he he's done. You know, like the one the weaker of the X Men movies. I think are the ones that he wasn't involved in. So, <laughs> and There's a common denominator denominator there. And so, and yeah, and so like if Brian Sing like Brian Singer's name is in it, and so there's you know there's definitely a degree of excellence that I think just kind of follows with that because he I think he knows the characters really well and he just he, very clearly he works with the he works with the actors yeah. and and everything very well and with Age of Apocalypse, I really I do think it will be done. I think it'll be done well. Seeing the costume for Apocalypse himself, oh. it's a like li- it's a little weird. It's a little weird. I saw I saw a pretty funny meme uh, earlier this week that had that picture. It had a it had a picture of Apocalypse from the you know from uh, Age of Apocalypse yep. in the movie, and then a cosplay <laughs> of Apocalypse, and then it had a picture of Doom from the most recent Fantastic Four. And then a cosplay, and it was like, and the picture was saying, "This is when cosplay like did it better than the movies." And That's so incredible. It was pretty funny, and, and it's like you know, and these people did it with a limited budget, and the costumes looked cooler. But I definitely am like the I think the suit like it's a whole lot of purple. Yeah, like call it Barney because you're stealing his color, or call <laughs> it the guy from Power Rangers, the Power Rangers movie Ooze. <laughs> that's what. That's the one that it reminds me of, like stealing the purple. Yeah, when they, well, I saw some memes online of of that guy of Apocalypse and Ooze from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie, and I thought, yeah, those for yeah, th- that's uncanny. You know, that's an X Men joke if you get it. But yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> I guess, that's pretty I close. That's pretty close to. They look pretty similar. And uh, so yeah, I think the costume was a little bit uh, for Apocalypse. Magneto looks sick. You know, Michael Fassbender's rocking like this. Get some new duds. Yeah, he's rocking more of a um, more of a Daredevil red of a costume, not so mm-hmm. much a, of a purple or pink, but it's more on the red and the maroon side of it. And so it looks pretty looks pretty sick. My buddy, my buddy Amos, he one of something that he told me was that he's a little concerned about it because Olivia Munn is in the movie, and her in her costume, all he can think of is her trying to cosplay, 
And so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you know uh, if you guys know anything about Olivia Olivia Munn, but she used to work for this TV channel called G Four, and she was a host of a TV show called X Play. And so they would do a lot of coverage of E three and Comic Con and all that stuff. And so there were a lot of times where she would go to these conven- conventions and these expos, and she would cosplay. And so and my buddy Amos was like, "There's, I can't, I don't see her as an actress portraying this character. I just he see just her, sees her as the same uh, Olivia Munn that was going to conventions doing and cosplay. Yeah, exactly. And so I was, I started laughing. I'm thinking, okay, I can, I can see that. There's, I can see where you're coming from on that. Um, so I mean, back to Age of Apocalypse. I think it's, I think it should be good. Again, I'm with you, Cody. Kind Bra- of Brian Singer's in it, so we should be fine. Kind of throwing out some predictions as far as like storyline goes. Do you think like in the comic, Charles Xavier isn't really in the picture? Yeah. Do you think that's going to be the case for the movie? No, I think th- I think he's going to be in the picture to some degree. I don't know why, because I think recently news just came out that um, that they casted. Charles Xavier from the first from the first X Men run, right. So they just signed on Sir Patrick Stewart. That's who, right. Yeah, who played the you know the original Charles Xavier, the bald one. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. the older the seasoned bald one, uh, not James McAvoy, who plays the striking young, handsome, handsome with a good, with head, the, of with the good head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. just they just I'm pretty confident that they just signed him on to appear at least a couple more times yeah. uh as Professor Xavier. So I think and I'm not sure if he's in Days of Future Past or not. I don't know if that's gonna be confirmed. Or Age of Apocalypse. Age of Apocalypse. Age of Apocalypse, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh but I we definitely know that James McAvoy's yeah. Charles Xavier is in it. I'm wondering, just kind of knowing the the uh picture that they released as uh uh, you know, in San Diego Comic Con, mm-hmm. know it like seeing that picture with the Professor Xavier's school destroyed, yeah, and kind of leveled, and the you know the face of Apocalypse is in amongst the rebel, yeah, or rubble. Sorry, uh, I think that there might be a moment where he at le- he may, he's at least taken out of the picture. May, I'm I'm not saying he's going to die or anything, hmm. but that there's a, definitely a moment where uh, that he. That he the X-Men might have to turn to someone else to kind of lead them. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not Magneto. Maybe it's, you know, like, uh, like beast, you know, because yeah. beast has, you know, been close to, uh, to professor X in, yeah. in the X-Men first class and days of future past. So I don't I, know, man, I'm interested to see what, where, where Cyclops comes into, into the picture. I don't know if, if there's, if he's in it, I don't know if he's, if, if they've released any pictures of of him, I know they released pictures of of, of Storm. They've released pictures of of Psylocke, which is uh, Olivia Munn's character. Uh, they've released pictures of Magneto. Um, but again, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is for Cyclops if he's in this or not. Uh, but because I I think if 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 Charles Xavier isn't leading the team, if they they, ha- they he is confirmed to be in it. Who, I, who uh cyclops, cyclops okay. is confirmed to be uh to be in x-men age of apocalypse yeah so maybe if they if they go with the x-men is being led by a good guy i think it's i think it's cyclops i think he's being he'll be played by ty sheridan uh, yeah i think it's cyclops if it's not cyclops and then they want to stick to the comic book i think yeah i think go with magneto i think why not i think that he's the most developed character he is the one that 
has already a sense a strong sense of leadership to begin with and he's already he's already leading a small group of mutants himself at the end of x-men first class and so um you know so yeah so i think i think if they want to stick with a comic book run and that story i think yeah give it to magneto which i think will be good um so yeah so that's some of our predictions for x-men age of apocalypse and that's really that really wraps up our episode of heroes and spotlight magneto so let us know what you think about magneto let us know uh, if you if you really enjoy him if you think he's a good villain if he's a bad villain yeah if you if you maybe kind of agree with sound guy steven that the that the helmet looks a little ridiculous or anything <laughs> like that you know i mean you're you're wrong if you agree <laughs> exactly. with sound guy steven I'll, I'll say it with confidence this time exactly uh but yeah so just let us know let us know your thoughts on magneto but also it, we can spotlight any character any comic book character and maybe it doesn't have to be a comic book character necessarily but you know try and keep it try and keep it geeky you know like if you gave us a spock that would be cool (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah so just tweet at us uh you know right on our facebook wall let us know what character you would like to see heroes and spotlight next yeah and Uh, you can do that in a couple ways you can follow us on twitter and instagram at heroes underscore and or you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash heroes and. And lastly, again, you can email us at heroesandpodcasts at gmail.com. And guys, listen, we are doing this podcast for you guys. We Cody and I, we enjoy talking about nerdy stuff. Geeky things. Geeky things. That's kind of where this whole thing started. Yeah. And so we enjoy just talking about it. But really, we hope that you guys are enjoying the talks as well. So please, whatever you can to to tell people about the podcast, please do that. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, uh, give us some reviews um, on the episodes. Please, please, whatever you can to help this will be greatly appreciated. And uh, again, we just thank you guys for, for tuning in. Um, that's pretty much it. I'm Andy. And I'm Cody. And, and we're, we're out. out.